You are listening to the Embassy Church Podcast, and here is today's message. I just pray that there's like a sense of awe that even expands in our hearts and our lives. As we turn our eyes to things above and not on things of the earth. That awe floods our hearts and our homes and our families. stood in awe of the things of the world as watching catastrophes and wild things happening that we would turn our hearts and our attentions this morning and keep our eyes and keep our gaze fixed on heaven fixed on you God that whatever adjustment needs to take place, that we fix and we adjust our gaze to look at you. The mighty one. Powerful one. Glorious one. We fix our gaze on you this morning. Holy Spirit, adjust in our lives what needs to be adjusted in our hearts or in our gaze. Because you're the one that matters. What you say matters. What you're doing matters. Where you're moving matters. Adjust our gaze, God, to become completely in awe of you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, good morning, everybody. (laughs) It's kind of empty in here, but I'm hoping it is full in your homes and that you feel the presence of God, the presence of God is so strong. And I believe that even though there was a little bit of quick altering this morning, my goodness, my phone was going off the hook this morning. I know that our praise and worship team, uh, they get here very early in the morning, all began their Um, is it ascent or descent? I don't know, to the church to get started and none of them made it here. So that was the first, that's how it first started where they were stuck. And so it was one after the other of like, I can't make it, I can't make it. And then recognizing our, um, a lot of our ministry teams, because it takes a lot of people to 
to carry out a Sunday morning weren't able to make it in Children's Church. And so uh, then more people went out and were looking at the roads and said, if you don't have a truck, you ain't making it anywhere. But I'm thankful for those that were able to come and help and put this together. Those of us that made it here. I know um, Johnny Beam, who's going to come speak in a moment here. Uh, he came from out of town, like 40 minutes out of town, and he made it. And so um, there's going to be a couple of us that are going to speak this morning, myself and Wayne and um, Johnny have something that they're going to share with us. And you know what? Like I said before, God is not taken by surprise. And so in these moments when you're watching online, and I know it's probably triggering, I bet you. It's like, what is happening? I don't like this. Um, remember that that God, God knew this moment and he prepared this moment. And even though we had to do some, some quick moving to make it happen, there's still a word in the middle of this for you. God is still moving in the middle of this. So don't harden your hearts to the word. Don't, don't be like, oh, this is just, you know, online or whatnot. Receive because God has a word for you in the middle of this, okay? I can hear your okays from, from your homes. Wow, so receptive. <laughs> so come on, um, Johnny. I know that God has a word. Thank you, Megan. Praise the Lord. It's good to be here this morning. And uh, I'm always in awe of when God spreads that big white blanket and covers everything up that all summer, our, our work, our labor, our little uh, toys and things that were left out, he covers it all up. And you know, that's kind of a symbolic thing in our lives because in our lives, a lot of times, we, we have a supreme mess. But God comes along with the blood of Jesus and he just washes it all away and he, he puts it as far as the east is from the west. Praise the Lord. Yesterday morning, you know, that these storms that come now, they're so talked about on, on media, and they talk and talk and talk, and, and when you live in the country, well, you think, well, what's it going to be? Is it going to really be a bad one? So yesterday morning, I went out. It was already snowing some and blowing, and I had a lot of cattle out in the field still, not feeding them. So I drove out. I made a circle around them, and I went home, and I left all the gates open. And within half an hour, they were all knocking on the door. They came and they followed the trail in. And, and so I shared with Roberta how I let them go. And they, they came through the yard. They went down the main road. They made a, a right hand. And then they made a left hand. And they went right in the gate where they know they're going to be fed all winter. <laughs> Sometimes we could take a lesson from that. When we're hungry and we're, we're beat up by life, there is a place of safety. There's a place of refuge. There's a place of provision. And those animals, though they're supposed to be dumb, they know that there's provision. And if I'm any good at all, I'm not going to let them starve. I'll provide them with water and feed. And we have to know that about our Heavenly Father. You know, it says in the Word of God that He sees the sparrows. And even a sparrow falls. And a sparrow, how big are they? Where are they in the storm? Where are the little chickadees in the storm? But God provides a place of safety for them. And so I got back home and I went in the house and, and this thought came to me. I looked out the window and we have a thermometer that's outside and the snow had blew all against it and stuck to it. And, and then I, I looked at the temperature and I thought, 
am I a thermometer or am I a thermostat? Uh, a thermometer tells you what's going on out there. It says it's minus 10, and uh, you'll see if you have a wind uh, direction on it, it'll show you what direction. That's what a thermometer does. It tells kind of what has been or what's happening right now. But a thermostat in your house, if you're cold, you go over and you, you tweak it up a little bit, and it changes the environment. And that's what we want to be. When God moves into our life and touches our heart and, and changes and transforms us, we become thermostats. So the atmosphere around us and the environment around us isn't going to be the same as just looking at the thermometer and saying, oh, it's, it's, uh, it's th plus 30 or it's minus 30. And then you, you adjust your life accordingly before you go outside. But as a thermostat, you have the power to change the environment. And, and Jesus has put inside of us something greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Amen? And it's so wonderful to have a, a powerful force inside of us that no more are we just relying on our own strength, our own gifts, our own talents to get us through life. Because a lot of times it's not enough. It, it runs short. And we come up empty-handed. But when we have Jesus inside, we have something greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Amen? Praise the Lord. You know, uh, I wasn't really prepared this morning, but I was meditating a bit and I had some thoughts come to me. And this thought came to me that when Jesus was crucified, Joseph took him, laid him in his own tomb. The next morning, Mary and the other women came and they had spices. They were going to embalm him. They were going to do what they probably had did for other people. And they come to the tomb and the stones rolled away. They go in and Jesus isn't there. And they turn around, they see someone, and they say to him, or the angels talk, talk to them. Anyway, they say, where have you laid him so that we can go? And, and what's happening here? Like, this was a shock. This was something they'd never experienced. When somebody was buried, that you knew where to find him because they weren't walking no more. But here they go, and Jesus isn't there. And they visited the tomb. And you know, in our life, sometimes we go and we revisit the tomb the, the old dead man, the, which brings back the old memories, and it brings the shame. It brings all those guilt feelings. And, you know, we don't need those things in our life. Sometimes it's good to realize where we came from, but we don't want to stay there. We don't want to stay at the tomb, looking in the tomb, a dark, damp place. We want to move on. Hallelujah. And, and there's, a, there's a whole life ahead of us, a new life in Christ. That, visiting them old spots... They never usually bring good feelings. They never usually bring a positive outcome. It, it brings you back to old relationships, old things that happened, regrets, things that you can't change. Maybe the people are gone. Maybe your parents are past, and maybe you didn't have the best relationship. We can only move on. We have to deal with it and say, Lord, I can't change it. I can't do anything about it. Help me move on so that we can grow just like in the spring when all this snow that we see out there, it all melts pretty soon. You see the little green shoot coming up. You see the, the flowers coming up. You see the trees putting out their buds, the pussy willows, because it can't stay the same. In the winter, it's a time of sleep. It's a time of rest. It's a time of death. The leaves are gone. They blew away. But when spring comes, there's new life. And God wants us to focus on that. Jesus came out of that tomb, and at that time, it blew their minds. They couldn't comprehend that someone that was laying in the tomb could be gone and could be risen. 
they were prepared for embalming him, and that, that was final. There wasn't any other way out. They embalmed people. They, they, they rolled the stone. You couldn't go in there by yourself. But Jesus wasn't there. And in our life, we don't want to visit those dark places. The only purpose they serve is to realize how great the light is, what we've been delivered from, how great the freedom, the restoration, the promises. Hallelujah. And that's about what I want to share this morning. I'm going to pass it to Brother Wayne. Just remember, you're not a thermometer. You're a thermostat. Amen. Bless you today. That was so good. That was so good. I don't really need to say anything now. Um, <laughs> anyway, I want to go to Proverbs chapter 21 and read the first three verses. A king's heart is like a channel of water directed by the eternal. He, he chooses which way he bends it. Everyone may think his own way of living is right, but the eternal examines our hearts. To do what is right and to seek justice, these please him more than sacrifice. Um, verse 1, the king's heart is a channel of water directed by the eternal. John talked about a thermostat and a thermometer. Talked about a thermostat setting the atmosphere. You know, the thermostat will tell you what's going to be. You take and you, if you're, if you're, if you're, if your stat is set at 20 and you turn it up to 23, it tells you what it's going to be. And the Word of God, the Bible, is our thermostat. If I brought a, brought a Bible, I'd shake it at you, but I don't have. If I shake my phone at you, something weird is going to happen, I'll lose everything. So, <laughs> but the king's heart is a channel of water directed by the eternal. We really need to take our hearts. We need to get God. We need to give our hearts to God and let him direct our paths. Um, and when I say direct your paths, show us where to go. And I'm thinking more spiritually where to go with our hearts. What part of our hearts need to change? What part of our hearts do we need to give to God to change them? In Jeremiah, it says our hearts are deceitfully wicked and nobody can know them. But the next verse says that God knows them. Everybody except God. God knows what's in our hearts. And what we really need to do, because we don't know what's in our hearts, really, unless God shows us, we need to take our hearts, we need to give them to God and give him permission to mess in our hearts. Give him permission to do what he has to do so that we can go to the next level. Um, and sometimes this isn't easy, and sometimes it's a simple thing. I remember at one point, I don't know, a while back, months ago, I um, was feeling really anxious, and I, was, I just felt like um, God had walked on and left me behind. And I would worship and just didn't feel his presence, and I would pray, and I would read the word, and it just didn't seem right. And, I'd, I'd, and I remember thinking, well, God is perfect, and I'm not, so I must have done something wrong. I must have, I must have to do more and do it better because I did it wrong. That's why I'm feeling the way I am. So I did more. I did more stuff. And it didn't make me feel any better at all, you know. And, and the bottom line is that what God was trying to tell me, and it took me a while to realize what God was saying, is I had shifted my focus from trusting Him, trusting Him to work it all out, to working more, and 
doing more so that God would, so I'd feel accepted. I was trying to change the way I felt by working more. And when God showed me that, I stopped and it was a quick change. I prayed, I, I asked for forgiveness and I just changed a little thing in my heart and thought about it differently that God never leaves or forsakes. We sat, sang that this morning. He is faithful. He is with us all the time. And when I start focusing on the fact that God is with us all the time, I didn't do anything less, but I did it for a different reason. I just did it because um, I love God. And everything changed, and suddenly I was back to where I was before. So if, if we can take our hearts, and we can just give them to God, he'll bring these little things out. And it, and it was a little thing, it was a little shift, but if left alone, it would become a really big thing. And it's called, the Bible calls it works. And then you start working your way to heaven, and, and it could have worked into something really bad. But as I gave my heart to God and he showed me what it was, I just made a little adjustment and everything is good. Now, when we give our hearts to God, sometimes it's a little adjustment. Sometimes it's a really big adjustment. Um, God directs the paths of our hearts. If we give our hearts and give it to him, and God won't mess in your heart if you don't give him permission to do it. If you don't give him your heart, he will wait. He will, when you, when you give your life to Jesus, He'll move into your heart, but he won't touch anything in there unless you give him permission to do it. And, and then he will step in and do it. The, verse 2 says, everyone may think his own way of living is right, but the eternal examines our hearts. We just talked about that. You'd be surprised how, many, how much bad stuff is in your heart when you start listening to God to tell you what's there. And he only shows you what, what can be changed. And really, we can't change it. We just have to give it to God, repent, and ask God to change it. And then he changes our hearts. It is the thing that is a mystery to me, you know, that God puts hearts in our side of us, and we have no idea what's in there except him. But the hearts guide our Our heart directs our path. And what's in our heart will direct where we go. And so if we give our hearts to the Lord so he can change it, then he will direct our paths by changing our hearts. It's, it's really important. And the third verse, to do what is right and seek justice, to these please him more than sacrifice. There's a number of places in the Bible. There's a number of them in the Old Testament where, where God said, I really don't like these sacrifices. I would much rather if you were merciful to each other than if the sacrifices. He said it in Isaiah. He said it in Jeremiah. Jesus quoted Hosea 6, where, where Hosea said the same thing. Jesus said, Go and think about this and see if you can figure it out. I would rather have you be merciful and love people than to walk in the rules and have your rules be more important than the people the rules are for. Remember Jesus saying God made Sabbath for man, not man for the Sabbath? We are, it's so easy for us to get to the point um, where we think that the church is more important than the people in the church. Um, and when God directs your paths and when, when God speaks to your heart and we allow God to speak to our hearts, he'll show us when we kind of go off a little bit. It, it's something to remember, and this really changed my life when I realized this, that we can trust God with our hearts. You know what? We can trust God that he is big enough that if we start going off to the left and to the right and we're people, we will do that that he will actually stop and say, nope, move back, back over here, back over here. I had a vision one time of me walking along a road and way deep on one side, way deep on the other side. It was like 
a mountaintop with cliffs on each side, and I'm walking, and in the, in the back, God had an elastic band attached to my back, and I'd slip off the road and start sliding down into this cliff, and then the elastic band would pull me up. And then I'd slip on the other side, and the elastic band would pull me back up. And then I asked God, I says, what is that? Like, what is that? And he said, the elastic band is your connection to me. We can trust that if we're going to, we're, when we're walking and we start to look at something a little bit off and our heart gets a little bit skewed, we can trust that God will bring us back to the right spot. God told me once that his people are walking, most of his people are walking in a constant state of anxiety because they're afraid they're going to sin. I didn't realize at the time he was talking about me. But anyway, <laughs> uh, um, we have to realize and trust God that he is big enough and loves us enough that he will bring us back on the right path. And we just got to put one step in front of the other, one foot in front of the other, and just keep moving. And we just need to trust the love of God in our hearts. We need to give him our hearts every day and allow him to speak to us. Thanks. That was timely, both uh, Wayne and Johnny. We've been talking a lot about transition and, and that God is transitioning us into something. And, and so this morning, I went to John 6, and I'm going to read it, and then I'm just going to talk for a moment from it. Since that evening, Jesus' disciples went down to the shore, verse 16, went down to the shore to wait for him. But as darkness fell and Jesus still hadn't come back, they got into the boat and headed across the lake towards Capernaum. Soon a gale swept down upon them and the sea grew very rough. They had rowed three or four miles when suddenly they saw Jesus walking on the water toward the boat. They were terrified, but he called out to them, don't be afraid, I am here. Then they were eager to let him in the boat, and immediately they arrived at their destination. I was reading this this morning and thinking about how we are in transition, and, and a lot of times when we are in transition or we're taking new territory or taking new ground or God is shifting us from one way, one place to the other. It says in there that they, they went down to wait for him. And a lot of times in, in transition, especially when we don't really know where we're going, we're, we're looking to him, we're like, God, I know you're, I know you're leading, but we're, I'm really not sure where you're taking me, that we get sometimes agitated even in the waiting. We get unsure in the waiting and I felt like this, the disciples, they'd gone down and they waited and he still hasn't come yet. Jesus still isn't here yet. That they hop a boat and they begin to cross over. And as they're crossing over to the next place, a storm comes. And I think enough of us have gone through transitions enough to know that every time there is a transition or we go to take new ground, sometimes it seems like all hell breaks loose. And I feel like that for many of us, that it's like we're in the middle of this, like, oh man, it feels like all hell is breaking loose, or it feels like there's sure a lot of storms and I can't seem to say, see my way. It, the disciples said it had gotten dark. And I talked about this just in encouragement a couple of weeks ago that 
Sometimes in the darkness, it's hard to see where I'm going or if he's even with me. I read from Psalms 23 that says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Every time I read that, I've said this before, every time I read it, I picture darkness. But the assurance of knowing that his rod and his staff, his rod, what beats off the enemy, things that try to come and take us away, and his staff is what keeps me, it keeps me going on the right path, even in darkness. That I may not be able to see, but I just, I know you are with me. And I, I love this verse because they're on the boat, the storm is coming, they're rowing, and it's like, I, I, like Wayne said, you just one step in front of the other. I'm doing one step in front of the other. I'm doing one step in front of the other. It's dark, there's a storm, I'm trying to obey, I, 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 I'm trying to do what you said, and then all of a sudden they see Jesus. And I love this because he calls to them. It says, but he called out to them. Don't be afraid. I am here. And I felt that for us this morning, moving into the things that God would have us move into. Do not be afraid that he calls to us. I know there's a storm. I know it seems scary. Do not be afraid. I am here. I am here. I am here. You are not alone. I am here. And then it says, and then they were eager to let him in the boat. It's more like, oh, thank God. <laughs> Immediately, they arrived at their destination. Do you ever think about that? They're paddling, they're paddling, and all of a sudden Jesus shows up and they're, in the, they're at their destination. And that shows me that even in the middle of this, it's like, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm paddling. Don't be afraid, I'm here. I'll get you to your destination. I'll get you to your destination. And I felt, I felt like the Lord, I, I just... I felt it strongly just to encourage you at home, us here, that, that he's calling to us in this moment. Things are not out of control. It may look like it, but do not be afraid. I am here. In Psalms 85, uh, verse 8, it says, I listen carefully to what God the Lord is saying. Look at this. For he speaks peace to his faithful people. For he speaks peace to his people. And I felt like saying that to where some of you, you, you have thoughts that are out of control. And you're wondering if maybe this is even the Lord trying to tell you that, that things are out of control or that you're going to lose it or what. No, listen to me. He speaks peace. His voice is peace. He speaks peace. And so right now, 
in the middle of chaos, in the middle of transitioning, in the middle of walking forward and, and being like, I'm following you, God, one step in front of the other. I'm listening to you. I'm, he is speaking peace to you. And I'd encourage you, even in this moment at home, those of you that are here, to take a moment and close your eyes. And I know that there has been clutter and there's been chaos trying to bombard your heart and trying to bombard your mind. That the turmoil that surrounds you has been trying to get within you. But the Lord says to you in this moment, don't be afraid. I am with you. And listen for his voice in this moment. What is he speaking to you? What peace is he speaking to you for you to be able to take the next step that is necessary to get you, get you to where he has for you? What is he speaking to you? For he speaks peace to his faithful people, but let them not return to their foolish ways. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him. So our land will be filled with his glory. Unfailing love and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. Truth springs up from the earth and righteousness smiles down from heaven. Yes, the Lord pours down his blessings. Our land will yield its bountiful harvest. Righteousness goes as a herald before him, preparing the way for his steps. Do not fear. I am here. Psalms 94, verse 18 says, I cried out, I am slipping. But your unfailing love, Lord, supported me. When doubts filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. I love that because he's, 
I called out, I'm slipping, and God's like, I'm here. <laughs> I'm falling, I'm here. His love supporting us. When doubts filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. And so, Father, right now, I just pray. over those people, over us, in places of our hearts, maybe that we don't even know or didn't even realize like Wayne talked about, where we feel like we're losing grip. That we're trying to hold on, but we feel like this is, <laughs> I'm falling quickly. that there would be a renewed sense of hope, but not only hope, the Bible says, but that you renewed cheer. That there could be joy in the journey. Even though it doesn't look like what we thought, or even though we may not be able to quite see our way through that God, in this moment today, you are renewing hope, but you are renewing cheer. You are renewing joy. That this wouldn't be something that's too heavy to carry. Because your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And so God, remind us in this moment that we don't need to fear the journey. We just need to remember that you are with us. And so Father, in homes today, in this place today, in people that will listen to this later on, God, fill our hearts with the expectation. Fill our hearts with renewed hope. Fill our hearts with renewed joy. Because God, your joy is our strength. And so I pray for renewed strength today. Renewed joy in Jesus' name. An imprint in this season on our lives, your words do not fear. I am here. And let peace settle in. And the places where there has been turmoil, that we've allowed it into our life, God, remove that in this moment. And let the peace that passes all understanding settle in. Remembering that it's peace that passes all understanding, that we give up the right to try to understand what's going on. But a peace that comes from looking at you and the understanding of who you are 
and how much you love and how much you see and how much you care and how much you know. God, recognizing that we can't see the future, but you can. You know what the next step is. And so we surrender that to you. I thank you for hope that's filling every heart, every home. In Jesus' name. God, I pray for healing over bodies today. I know that there are many that are fighting symptoms, and so we declare over them healing to the very core of who they are, mind and body and soul. We just declare healing that, God, we know, Jesus, you paid a price for that. That your word says that by your stripes, we were healed. And so as we take part in your peace today and we take part in your joy, we take part of the healing too. And we declare it over every person. That their bodies come into alignment with the word of God. Your word that is truth and your word that is alive. In Jesus' name, we love you, God. And you know exactly what we need when we need it. Thank you for always meeting us and being there in the middle of storms. We stand in awe of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. For more information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca.